Okay, with Suzanne Moreau, uh, Blood Buddies is the short film, uh, winning short film played at our particular female uh, director's film festival. This is a really interesting film for, for many reasons. It's about, it's about friendship, it's about puberty, it's about the female dynamic. I have a young daughter who's just in school right now and I'm learning all about it myself oh, and like <laughs> and like how it's it's like not to generalize but how it's a little bit different from the male point of view so basically so I'm learning that as well so tell, this is your first film correct this is your first directed it, film correct it is it is it was the first film that I've written directed and produced uh with the full full production yeah so I had what, done an experimental film once or twice before, but just very, very small, low-key things. So this is a pretty ambitious film, like young child actors, like a lot of them, a lot of extras. So what motivated you? Like, okay, I'm going to direct this film. Like, what, what was your motivated factor <laughs> for it? Yeah, what's the saying? Never film with children and animals because yeah. <laughs> you run into all those problems. Um, what motivated me, I guess, when I wrote it initially, um, I was writing an exercise for a memoir course written, uh, that was offered by Alison Waring, a Canadian memoirist. And uh, <clears throat> so she encouraged us to kind of delve into something very specific. And in finding that specificity, you'll find some universality. And so gotcha. that's where it started. And um, then I kind of wrote it up as a screenplay because I'd started writing screenplays in 2018. It was 2020. It was lockdown. I had lots of time on my hands. So I just went for it um, and submitted it to a contest. Uh, was in the top five for the screenplay. Um, didn't win the contest, but in the process of getting ready for the pitch, mm -hmm. uh, I found through references, referrals from friends of mine I'd met through a uh, local filmmaking society, the producer and the cinematographer editor, who turned out to be brilliant artistic and creative partners for me. So then then, then you just, see, like, obviously you knew your script was, it got in the top five, so you knew it was, it had some good potential. There were some key thematics that were, being presented it was a nicely written script but taking that script and making producing it into this this huge film that's that's a whole other can of worms like did you have any producing experience like how was your what was your experience in film in general yeah very minimal um but i had had lots of courses i took a, a course called the incubators from cinevic uh here in victoria and uh, that was a series of workshops of experts in each aspect of filmmaking, right from screenwriting through to um, post-production and marketing. So every role, every key role in making an independent film was covered. Yeah. Um, I helped out a couple of other colleagues, friends on their indie films. So I got my feet wet as assistant director, as director, as a producer, as a line producer. Um, and those films were made. And then I finally just thought I could make my own film. <laughs> so... So I just dove in and yeah, it was ambitious. I'm typically a little more ambitious than I um, need to be, but I just felt like, um, you know, there's some integrity in this story. It needs to have this many people involved. Um, and it kind of evolved after I started the collaboration with my um, producer and cinematographer. So where did you get, let's talk about your producer first. So it's um, Maya Golden. Yeah. Mia Golden. She's Mia Golden. uh yeah, she's based here in Victoria. She's a producer and uh, a writer and director herself, uh, a very collaborative woman. Um, and 
So yeah, we met through a referral and uh, she just glommed onto this story right away. She just loved it Uh, because she is involved in a a social justice career apart from her filmmaking. She's um, she's a counselor to troubled youth and, and a family counselor. So she had a lot of background. And so she found the, uh, I guess, the relevance of this film and was really happy to see a film that was focused on the female experience of, of adolescence and puberty, um, as opposed to what we've seen over and over again, which is the male perspective. So she was really happy to jump on board with this. But not just that, it's also uh, the, the age that they're in, like they're just kind of developed trying to figure they're figuring out who they are it's like that it's that almost that key age we've, we've seen multiple movies about the teenage kind of lifestyle but not kind of the middle age kind of like coming of age story i guess right yeah it's that crucial point in yeah. puberty uh and for females it's like hmm i guess they prepare you and this will probably relate to your daughter as well <laughs> they prepare you in school for all the medical mechanics of a period but they don't really prepare you for the emotional stuff uh, you know, you don't even know if there's any th- such thing as PMS, for example, and how that can really throw you completely off your game because you just don't expect it. So yeah. I think it's important to highlight the emotional side of that very intense moment in puberty where, you know, you're told to expect it any time, you just never know. And then suddenly it happens and you're like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> so I think it's good for that. Um, uh yeah, no, and also like just also the, the dynamics of like of peers and you know trying to fit, trying to be yourself, but fitting in at the same time, which is you know it's easy for me to say, but it's I think it's a very difficult navigation. There's competition and there's status and then there's vanity. There's a lot going on. Let's just let's say it, at least now there's social media, which is another factor in our lives. But there's 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 a lot going on, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on so many of the things that I tried to bring into, uh, you know, a 12 and a half minute film. Um, Initially, it was 10 pages. And uh, uh, just to try and touch on all of those things and to have them uh, kind of evolve, uh, it just working with the the actors and uh, seeing their interactions and conveying to them that you know, just the idea that comes across, I think, in the very famous film, Mean Girls, that, um, you know, you can be mean, that's your behavior, but at the core, you're a human being and you're capable of being mean without being mean per se. So it's your behavior, not who you are. Yeah. And to try to build some empathy for the characters that are having trouble. Sure. And uh, and so I think, you know, they really got it. Like these were girls that were 12 years old. They hadn't had their first period. Yeah. And incidentally, one year later, two of them who played the best friends who are in real life, best friends, <laughs> actually one year later, both got their periods within 24 hours of each other. <laughs> their first that, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean, how's that for synchronicity? So yeah. Uh, there was that was another theme in the film. I think that you know I've been paying more attention to that in my later years, and I'm beginning to see that there's a lot to that. Before we get I jump in the cast, I just want to talk about. So, is this kind of a per like this? It's about these two girls who go to camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this a kind of a personal story for you? Did you have this kind of a situation like this occur in your childhood? Yeah, absolutely. It started with a kernel of a memory from my own uh, experience at, you know, having written it up as a memoir exercise. Um, But when I took that memoir, and then I 
fictionalized it into a screenplay. Uh, there's a lot of it there still, but uh, all of the circumstances and people are different. Um, but yeah, those is the the kernel of that and the feelings that were associated with it are pretty true to my own experience. Yeah. So then that's so I guess it's like like you said to go back to your what your teacher says about like kind of doing like a an autobiography of yourself, kind of get do tell a specific story, I guess. That's where it came out. Yeah, it was it was a moment in time. And yeah. um and it uh I mean it seems like a lot of my screenplays are uh, a day in the life of like I've just finished uh filming another screenplay that is set in the 60s and the main protagonist is 10 years old and it's a day in her life where she um she has that loss of innocence moment where she figures out oh life is different for girls than for boys yeah. and up to that point she just thought she was a human being and everything was going to be the same for everybody but and that one's called Ginny's Enterprise and it should be out in 2023 Oh, cool. So you're, you're going to sure, keep making, that was one of my last questions. You're going to keep making. Oh. It, right? <laughs> yeah, I am actually. Yeah, I've got, uh, there's that one, which we just is in the can. It's in the editing process. I had the same two key collaborators on that one, Mia Golden and Kelly Conlon. And, uh, so we're, we're anticipating that one in early 2023 and it'll go into the festival circuit as well. And then there's another script that I wrote around the same time when I was busy in 2020, I wrote about eight scripts and they were all kind of polished and ready to go. Another one's called baggage. And it's uh, at the other end of life spectrum where a woman in her eighties has a moment of clarity about who she is and what she missed out on in her life. Um, yeah, so that one's also in the pre-production. I sense a hopefully. theme. I sense a, sense a theme in your stories. Yeah, yeah, yes, you do. Yeah, this it's is there. This film in itself is almost. It could be almost a proof of concept. There's a there's a bigger story here. There's like it could easily be a series or a television show or, or, or a feature film. Like there's, if you wanted to expand it, like so. I don't know if that that's your, that's your ambition in the future. It is like I'm hoping to this. This is a calling card. It's my first film. It, yeah. uh, it it's done really well. Um, I was surprised at how uh, it's related to so many people um, in so many parts of the world. Um, but yeah, uh, my Kelly has said, yeah, you should make it into a feature. Um, there's not enough stuff that's sort of even set in that setting. Yeah. Um, she she was a camp counselor in her past life, and she loves that whole genre. Um, she um, so she advised that. My producer Mia has said the same thing. I'm actually with uh, Ginny's Enterprise. That's actually a proof of concept, the short film, and I've got it written up already as a pilot, a half hour pilot, mm. um, and a couple of episodes. So that's the direction I'm going. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and I've just been recently exploring, uh, writing a novel because I pitched the Ginny's Enterprise concept to a Canadian, well-known Canadian author. And she advised me that it could be a novel yeah. and novel writing. I'm new to it. I don't know anything about writing novels, but, um, some have said that novels can broken down into a series of short stories, uh, which become chapters and then they find the common threads between them. So I'm, I'm exploring that idea too. Wow. You're really like, a, you're, you're kind of a role model. And in, in many regards, <laughs> like you're not like, like I talked to a lot of people like fresh out of film school and, yeah. uh, we're not going to give away our eras and our ages, but 
you're not fresh out of film school. Like you're basically <laughs> like, this is, I'm, I'm assuming you had a career before you started this. I sure did. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, I waited, uh, I guess waited. I don't know if it's waiting, but I tried to keep the, the uh, artistic side of me alive. I'd have a fine art degree in photography and painting, visual arts. Um, and I've always loved to write. So, um, I, but my career took me in the path of policy analysis and um, program evaluation and a bunch of things that were all focused on social justice ministries and issues. Um, so uh, that was a really engaging career for 30, 35 years. But the whole time I was pining for the opportunity to have that form of artistic expression realized again. So I kept it alive through photography. I did photography consistently throughout the whole 30 odd years. I was in performing arts. I did musical theater. I was a performer myself. Um, and then when I discovered filmmaking, it was like, yes, the writing comes together with the visual aspect. Mm -hmm. and, and so it just seems like the perfect fit for me. And, you know, I, I probably have maybe a 15 to 20 year window to sort of explore this art form. And so I'm just going for it. And I really don't have any time to lose. <laughs> you got longer than that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> things <laughs> that's what keeps you alive if you believe in the spiritual right like it's that's what yeah. if you got something to live for i'm not you know what i mean like anyways i, mm -hmm. I don't want to get down a rabbit hole but so tell me about so so, the, so maya sorry mia is your producer so mm -hmm. casting obviously is key to your film like without question you got some young girls who are kind of carrying your story and their performances are key to your film so tell me yeah. about the casting process how did that how did that work out for you yeah, I was so lucky. I had uh, another collaborator, Susan Coe, who's an actor and also a film writer and director. Uh, she was my casting director with Mia and myself. The three of us kind of went at this. And uh, um, yeah, we found some really talented young girls and um, young women. And essentially, the ones that were able to kind of really glom onto the emotional side of it uh, were the ones we chose. Um, they really surprised me. They took the direction, the redirects really, really well. The ones that did get the four lead roles um, and the ensemble cast as well. They all brought their own form of magic to it. And I wanted to honor all of them by giving them all a line. So they're all technically actors in this, all 10 of them. But recently, as I think I mentioned maybe before we recorded that one of them was recently awarded a Joey Award, which is an international award. Uh, recognizing young talent mm -hmm. in Canada. Um, so she won for best uh, performance portraying a female ages 12 to 14. Um, and another of the leads. Um, so that was, I should tell you her name because <laughs> <laughs> that's important. Her name is Grace Ava. Yeah, Grace Ava. Uh, and then Gabrielle. And Gabrielle yeah, yeah, Khan is, was another, and uh, Maya Nelson and Isla Wally. So Maya Nelson also got nominated for Best Actress in one of the international film festivals that I submitted the film to. Um, and the other, the others are going on to get roles in other films. Um, Isla's got a lead role in another independent film that's just been made here in Victoria, and she's also auditioning for Showcase or Showtime, I think. So, so it's one of those situations where you knew them then, I guess, right? I guess, yeah. I'm hoping that they'll remember. Or when you are they or recently you worked together again eight years later on the feature film you know, you like things as magical things happen in a film, right? So that's the thing about the great thing about film, this is your first film, but 
Yeah. That's so it's like, you don't know who's going to hit it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, yeah. it's, and one of them will, or two of them or three of them from your cinematographer down. It's like, yeah. it, it, that's just so amazing. It's like, you're working with them and then all of a sudden they're just, they've taken off on in a certain direction, I guess. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing, following their careers. Yeah. I think these girls got, definitely really have well. screen presence. That's for sure. They, 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 yeah. they, 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 you're, you're interested in them right away. And I'm curious, we'll get to your cinematography for one second, because I'm curious how you started the film, because I found it fascinating, especially for a short where you have the establishing shot with the school bus. And the interesting thing about school buses, they don't seem to change. No. (laughs) I I don't know what what that says about the education system, but they seem to be the same for the last 50 years. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Right? Yeah. And and then these kids are coming out of the bus. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking that these two girls, the one takes off her hat, you're thinking these are going to be your leads. And then you kind mm-hmm. of move the camera and it's like, oh, these are our leads. And it was mm-hmm. kind of like a, an interesting kind of setup to your film where like a bunch of girls are coming off the bus and we don't know who we're focusing on. And then finally, in the end, you focus on it. Was that like a conscious decision of yours to like start the film like that? Uh, well, when I wrote the screenplay originally, it was um, pretty much the opening sequence of the bus driving through the trees uh, from the aerial point of view. And uh, it was all very poetically written. Um, <laughs> according to one of the reviewers of the screenplay, he said, well, your writing is very poetic. Yeah. Uh, I, I just basically tried to make it visual. Um, and yeah, the whole idea of them pouring out of the bus and and then focusing on the conversation happened kind of organically. It was more of a collaborative decision between myself and my cinematographer, uh, because initially I um, hadn't had them cut getting out of the bus right away. But the thing about that bus is it's actually converted into a camper. And I didn't really want to show the interior of the bus. So gotcha. uh, I was hoping that the the confinement of the girls in that one lineup, which ended up being shot in the forest on the path, um, would happen inside the bus so that they, they couldn't get out or they were stuck. And there was like the embarrassment of being seen and being in close con- confines. That was thrown out after we got um, a bus that didn't have the right interior set up. Mm. So we just had all that happen outside the bus. And we found ways once we had the location and could see where these things would work in the location, we adapted it to the location itself. Gotcha. And so, yeah. so let's talk about your cinematographer then. So um, yeah. Kelly, Kelly Conlin. Con- and so they, they yes. also, uh, they also edited your film as, as well, correct? Yes, she did. And uh, she also did the sound design, which she won an award for. She won an award for editing. And uh, so wow. it's, she did the sound design as well. Uh, it's pretty yeah. impressive. Okay. Oh, she's a, she's a, a machine. I mean, she's great. <laughs> she's just a creative whiz. Um, yeah, the sound design was basically me saying, well, I'd like it to be guitar and I'd like the emotional trans- trajectory to start here, all optimistic and then go kind of, well, no, Zoop, sort of like <laughs> yeah. record scratch. What the heck just happened? And so she kind of got that. That's all I said. And she like got this fantastic array of guitar and banjo and other music it was just amazing so she did great she and i really clicked collaboratively and creatively so that was a big bonus um yeah so she's been she does her own video work uh, her own cinematography she has her own business mm-hmm. in victoria and she does all kinds of videos she does documentaries um 
and she's doing extremely well. Like she's an award-winning cinematographer. So you can see so, on her IMDb that she has vast yeah. experience. So the yeah. your first time director, very smart, bringing someone in with the, that kind of experience, kind of seeing your point of view, seeing your arc. So what was your, how did you kind of map out your film? Did you have a shot list that you collaborated with her? Did you storyboard things? I see a lot of handheld uh, action in your film as well. Mm -hmm. Like what was your, what was your initial idea when you started talking to her? Yeah, that was, uh, again, very, very efficient the way she works. Um, I had probably a two and a half or three hour conversation with her on how we were going to shoot the film. And uh, we just brainstormed. And uh, the thing about Kelly is that she organizes the shoot based on her camera setups. So, um, and I was thinking more in terms of, well, this scene, this scene, this visual, this visual. Mm -hmm. So between the two of us, we patched it together. Um, and she was able to shoot the whole thing into uh, two days and like an, an evening. Um, and uh, And I think she was... Like her first AC and second AC, where this was the first time she was working with them as well. Yeah. Um, so like it, the team had to kind of gel and coalesce right in real time on set. And that all just panned out beautifully. Um, she's a really great, she's because like she has a background in, um, in counseling or like, you know, kid counseling. Um, she's a very education sort of mentoring oriented. So she really helped not only her ACs, her assistant camera crew, but me too, in terms of how how to kind of organize a shoot. And I mean, I was just drawing on the theoretical for myself, yeah. uh, as well as having, like I said, I kind of had that other experience working on other people's films. So I knew the whole process and I'd been assistant director and I'd run a, I'd run a shoot. Okay. So yeah, between, you, between the two of us. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I had, and I, um, I guess, yeah, I, I wasn't a complete newbie, but um, as far as like the scope of this film um, and being fully produced with actual red cameras and lighting and yeah. uh, sound recorders and all those other things. The only other films I'd done myself was a cell phone challenge <laughs> where I was directing. Gotcha. And uh, and my, my DP was 14 years old because we were in a mentorship uh, type of challenge where our Mm -hmm. our key crew had to be under a certain age so yeah so i guess that that pretty much is how how we kind of worked out the so did you the like cinematography it, probably about 80 percent of the film's handheld was that something that you like it, it leaves it always it leaves it on like from a obviously from a subconscious standpoint it leaves it on kind of uneasiness kind of tension-filled kind of environment with the with the children you're like using lots of depth of field with like the multiple kids and then also really getting in some tight shots uh, with the camera. So basically you're like, you're, we're in constant tension with the way the cinematic design is set up. Is that something, was that always your intention or? Uh, no, I, I can't, I cannot take credit for all of that. Not yeah. at all. Uh, a lot of it was Kelly. Um, and, you know, in fact, uh, I learned a great deal working with Kelly. Um, I knew theoretically all the different lengths of shots, all the different um, styles of shots. Yeah. Uh, I knew them theoretically, and I had seen them. Um, uh, I'd seen them done a couple of times on a couple of sets beforehand. Uh, but 
and obviously I, I pay attention to films themselves. So I knew it was possible. Um, but basically I told Kelly what I wanted and she found a way to get that for me. And yeah. if I wasn't being completely technical in how I described what I wanted, she knew how to interpret what I was saying and she yeah. made it happen. Yeah. So tell me about the, the, the camp counselor um, person. Like, is there, mm -hmm. it's like, like lack of mentorship, I guess, right? Like, <laughs> oh, you mean the, the character in the film? No, but it's, it, it represents yeah. the lack, they're on their own, right? Like, so someone gets their period and, uh, and there's, there's nobody helping them. I guess. Yeah, no adults. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of the, uh, that that's true. Like, um, that was part of my experience too. I actually uh, cut myself at camp once uh just like sliced open this little tendon right here and i knew what to do because i'd had first aid training but yeah. the adults were kind of like no 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 let's do this let's do this and they tried to keep it all on the down low um the person who played the camp counselor in blood buddies uh was the casting director susan co and uh yeah she she brings a certain element of comedy to even a dramatic role and i really liked that about her because she she had that kind of uh, I wanted the counselor to be uh, trying to maintain some control, but actually failing at it. And the girls kind of just took over and they did their own thing anyway, regardless. And so she was kind of uh, not really being respected as an authority. And so she kind of lived up to that limit, I guess. <laughs> so well, there's, there's I a, a simple lack of awareness, right? Like, yeah. Which is very common not to to be down on the education system or, or yeah. you know what I mean? But it's just, it's just yeah. nature, right? Like not everybody is adapt to understanding what people are going through and kind of handling that situation. There's like a certain personality, certain leadership. And like, and this is what growing up, this is what I, this is what I got out of the film. It's like, this is like, these girls are, it's, it's the wild west, right? It's yeah. And there, yeah, like said, was, there's hormones and emotions, all there's so yeah. much going on, right? And if you don't have anybody to look up yeah. to, then there's there's gonna be some troubles, I guess, right? <laughs> there, there's troubles and they, they figured it out for themselves um and helped each other. And yeah, I think there was a certain level of obliviousness in the camp counselor. She just, you know, was kind of trying to get these girls wrangled and they just weren't cooperating with her. Um, but she was, you know, uh, obviously she saw that there was an injury on their head and had to help them with that, but was still completely out of the loop when it came to the other more important stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like a simple story about this, you know, it's about obviously um, getting your period in, in the worst possible time or, and then, like I said, mm -hmm. like there's, like I said, there's a lot of themes going on in the kind of a, such a short story, but then you as an audience, you want, you're kind of wondering like the movie ends and it has a distinct ending, but you kind of want what's going to happen next. You kind of want more. Yeah. And we're kind of like left with like, oh, the movie's over, which is, <laughs> which is rare for a short, short film. <laughs> oh, that's show. fantastic. Thanks for that, Matthew. Cause like, I always try to do leave people wanting more. So yeah, check. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause uh, some people said to me, Hmm. Some of my early reviewers were saying, huh, 
kind of ends abruptly. What happens? And I'm like, well, isn't that a good thing? <laughs> like, it's obviously they've gotten through this one day yeah. and they've come out of it happy. There's room for growth in the future. They've all kind of learned a lesson yeah. and off they go. And their life, life carries on. That's life in, in, in adolescence because things move pretty fast. And I just thought, yeah, let's just leave it on a high note and, and leave room for potential future stories. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's you don't want to sugarcoat the the, the era, right? Like like it's not always mm-hmm. going to be a happy day. I'm assuming, right? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, we we definitely have that contrast. That sort of like, oh my god, I'm going to die without my friend, <laughs> or yeah. you know, and then the redemption sort of happens um, for people. But she at that age, like, um, I just remember I'm channeling my own past, but it's like. Mm-hmm. it's you like friendship is so important mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in grade school and then then you, you look back on it it's like why did I care that much but like but it's, it's yeah. when you're in the moment it's extremely important to kind of have a connection with somebody like to connect with somebody other than your parents other than your siblings like to have some you know what I mean like and if it's that yeah. there's there's problems within that dynamic then that could be very stressful yeah, you're you're trying to figure out who you are and yeah. also accept yourself for who you are. And in this in the protagonist's case, she was really not that self-confident at all. She really relied heavily on her her longtime friend, and her longtime friend was just kind of get rid of her like some gum on her shoe because yeah. she was tired of looking after this girl and her her neediness. And uh and then, you know, so the needier girl ends up finding out she's okay, you know, she can make other friends. And um yeah, so it, it is a really tricky time, and the you're right. The importance of those relationships is really, really, <laughs> it's like life or death at that yeah. time of your life. Yeah. So, what did you think about the? We sent the audience to you and the audience feedback. What did you think about the, what the audience had to say about your film? I was just blown away by the audience feedback. I was so so thrilled about it. It was so gratifying to see uh, how some of those themes came through so clearly for them, how they resonated with people. Um, It was a really diverse group of audience um, feedback people because, uh, you know, I, I, as a first time filmmaker, I really didn't know who my audience was for this film. I thought I was making it for adults, uh, but then it started getting picked up by um, family and children film festivals, um, feminist film festivals, uh, like, Girlhood stories is another theme that runs through it. But yeah, the, all of them found something really crucial, um, a, a key message in the film, and they talked about it so wonderfully. And they even one woman even particularly found things that I hadn't really thought about that I was putting in there, like the significance of the symbolism of the blood and blood being you know, thicker than water and all that. Like, wow, yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought of that, but that's true. And uh, and just the, ha- the fact that we had men and women, all ages, ethnicities, I just thought that was fabulous. I really, really appreciated it. Yeah, and I like, yeah, I, pre- I appreciate that. But I want to point out one thing. Uh, so basically, a female director, obviously, writer, producer, female cinematographer, all female cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, it's really a female powerhouse film, right? Like, it's like... Uh, it's it's you're telling a f- obviously a female story, but I just wanted to point that one last out. It's like it's really I, I love to see this because it's like I've been doing this for a long time, and it's like you believe it or not, it has you don't see like now you're seeing it all the time, but you don't you didn't see it that often like say 
five, even five years ago or 10 years ago. Like, and now, oh. so it's like, it's important. Like you said, there's, you saw, as you pointed out in the beginning, it's like, you've seen a lot of male point of view stories like this, but not the female perspective, right? So, which is interesting because there's more like conflict yeah. <laughs> in these stories, right? So there's a lot yeah. going on. So, so yeah, lots conflict, of conflict. Yeah. Conflict that maybe has never really been, maybe men have never seen before because they're just yeah. not aware of it, you know, like, yeah, it's all very secretive. <laughs> it is, which is, which is, which is kind of amazing, right? Because it's like, mm. why, why is that? Why, like, like, why is never not even talked about in the schools? You know what I mean? It's things are interesting. Things fascinate me. Like something that that's so everybody goes through it, but nobody talks mm-hmm. about it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of, and some of the feedback as well from your reviewers was really great because they were really appreciative of seeing an actual period on film and uh, yeah. to, to normalize it and to, you know, half of the population goes through this and we shouldn't be ashamed of it. And let's just uh, make it a normal part of life and we'll just carry on. And it would be good, a good message for young girls who haven't got there yet to see. And I so appreciate that. Um <laughs> But even boys to know, right? Because I think absolutely twelve-year-old boys probably have no clue. I remember uh-huh. when, uh, I was in grade six. <laughs> no, I remember I was in grade six. Yeah. It was like it was like I was like maybe ten or eleven years old, and a yeah. girl was doing her speech, her public speak or whatever. Every kid had to yeah. do it, and she got her period during that time. Oh, I didn't even know what a period was, and I have two older yeah. sisters and a mom. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So my sisters yeah. went through it and nobody told yeah. me anything. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not trying to throw my mom under the bus, but I'm just saying like no. <laughs> something that happens, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, I, I think I have a son and a daughter and uh, uh, I'm a member of a very large family. Uh, but yeah, a lot of this stuff was just shoved under the rug and, yeah. you know, let's not talk about this. But it's so important for men to know too, for males to know about this, that they can develop a little bit of empathy for what's happening in their in their female counterparts, uh, whether they're a sister or a spouse or whatever, like it's just PMS has got a really bad name. Um, and it's almost as if women are blamed for it. It becomes biblical almost because, you know, the Garden of Eden, you know, women, yeah. <laughs> the, the apple and all that, like all that symbolism that we've been taught for yeah. eons. Um, it just needs a little shaking up because, you know, hey, if it weren't for this phenomenon, we wouldn't be here, right? Like, yeah, how, about a, how about a redo? <laughs> yeah, let's just let's how about rethink let's this clean a little. Slate and let's start over again. So, for sure. anyway, I can't wait to see your next film. I think you're on to something. If this is your first film, and you're just you're kind of I understand you're learning as a director. You're learning your point of view from a directorial standpoint, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what you do next because so, I know you're editing it right now. Because I'm sure mm-hmm. you're going to get better and better, and it's going to be more interesting. And you'll you're really I think you're really finding your voice right now. So. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll, we'll talk again. Thank you. I really do hope so. Thanks so much for uh, for, for this and for including um, the film in your festival. It's absolutely wonderful. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six.